Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Astrolushes. It's not an astrological episode in the stereotypical way that we always present astrological episodes. Nope. This one is a bonus spooky season episode. <gasps> spooky season, Ooh. aka Scorpio season. Oh. <laughs> Lisa and I, Andy, <laughs> are here to tell you ghost stories. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. Ooh. This is like an ASMR episode. We should do an ASMR episode one day. We should do an ASMR episode one day. We will. Lisa, tell me a childhood ghost story. Okay. We're sitting around the fire. It's Scorpio season. We have all these candles lit. We have been drinking because this is Astro Lushes, we by are the way. Lushy. We are drinking Fernet Barranca, mm-hmm. an Italian liqueur, which I think tastes like mouthwash. I think it tastes heavenly. To refined palates, they understand it a bit better. <laughs> but we're going to talk about some ghost stories because because it's spooky season. Yeah. Because we want to crawl into the depths with you a The veil bit. is thin. Mm-hmm. And because we've both experienced things that we can't explain. And I'm a skeptic, um, so I've always had a hard time with ghost stories. I'm not sure what my thoughts are on the afterlife. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? I, I believe, I'm not sure if I believe in ghosts as it, it's been, like, painted over the ages. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, co- what is the word, a conscious being with, like, a desire to communicate directly with you. Mm-hmm. I almost think of ghosts as residual energy. Mm-hmm. Like, if the energy of something is so big and so potent that it's going to stay forever, mm-hmm. that you might, or or another theory that I have is that it's, like, time collapsing, almost like if you've watched that movie um, Interstellar, mm-hmm. like, time folds in on itself. The past and the present kind of collide, and it's not necessarily a ghost, but it's time folding in on itself. I believe in it in that way, and, like, it might be physics, I don't think we completely understand, like, the current timelines that we live on. I feel like time is maybe a little bit elastic. Yes. And we don't always have control over that. I don't know that I fully believe in ghosts in any way, shape, or form. Right. Because I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe in the afterlife and what happens after we go. But Mm. I am very comfortable not knowing. I'm very comfortable not knowing. I really surrender to the mystery I think the unknown is the most beautiful thing about being alive. And so I like to talk about ghost stories in the, in the context of what is this? Why is this? Versus this was a ghost. She lived in this building from this time to this time. And you know, this is what was being communicated. I'm not like a, I'm not a huge ghost believer when people take those pictures and they're like, look at this refracted light. And I'm like, well, was somebody's phone? Maybe it's like. Glare? bouncing off the sun yeah. like i mean right i have a hard time with like the the physical reality of ghosts right. however i'm not discounting them not because i'm here to talk to you about them exactly like i'm here could, to tell you my weird stories we don't know yeah we'll never know because we we haven't died yet and the thing is <laughs> i don't need to know i don't need to know i'm really comfortable in the not knowing same i love the not knowing same Mm. what's your earliest example of that i want to know because i have so many we both have stacks of these stories which is why we're doing this episode yes okay oh gosh i love it and the moon is so like it's it's a almost a half moon it is a half moon out there it's very gloriously bright right Mm. oh it's stark it's It's dark and asking for our attention Mm, i love it so i think my earliest earliest so i guess I'll, i'll say this is not a story perhaps 
But so I was raised with a Sicilian grandmother, my grandma Conchetta Marie Lapari, whose name is Basile, my last name. And she's my dad's mom. And uh, growing up, we were always, always regaled with ghost stories from her. Yeah? It was very part of the narrative of my childhood. Okay. Like, very, very, very woven into any family dinners that when my parent, when my dad was living in his childhood home with my grandparents, there were multitudes of ghosts in that house. And we always were told of these stories. So there was Gus, who killed himself in the basement with the gas pipe. Gus lived downstairs. He was always around. He's he was got heavy so fast. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. He was very mischievous. Mm-hmm. He was not necessarily good, mm-hmm. but he was mostly just sad. And Gus was a household name. Like Gus was a combo that we had multiple times. Okay. Okay. And then there were uh, the other ghosts that were like ancestral that would just walk in and out of the house that mm-hmm. were more like cousins and dead relatives that would just walk in through the kitchen door and out. And grandma would say, oh, like, so-and-so's here to visit. Or, like, one of my uncles, I, my, my dad had seven brothers and a sister. Um, they would say, you know, so-and-so's here to visit or great-grammy's here to visit. Mm-hmm. And she would say, oh, well, they've been dead for years. But she just came into the kitchen and walked out like nothing. Um, there were... This feels very... I'm pausing for one second. Isabel Allende, House of Spirits, which is one of my favorite novels yeah. of all time ever. Yes, it's one of where my favorites as ghosts well. Are, yeah, yes. Where we call it magical realism... But it's it's kind of a misnomer right. because in the culture that Isabel Allende is writing about, like ghosts are so real to the family that exactly. it's not a form of fantasy to write about them. It's just fact. Exactly that. It's exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not like a. It wasn't ever like my grandma said. My grandma's not a nice person. She doesn't sit the kids around the fire and tell them ghost stories. She's a mean, nasty woman, no offense, and God rest her soul. But she wasn't here to tell us, like, regale us with stories to spook us out. Mm -hmm. It was more just like, this is what it was. Very much like Isabella Allende. Very much like House of the Spirits. Um, And it was never like, it was never like romanticized. It just is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's fact. It's just fact. And everyone always said my grandma was a kook and that she maybe had, like, mental illness. And, you know, she did come to America when she was a little bit older. So she did go through assimilation trauma. She did, she did struggle with, like, some, some heavy stuff in her mm-hmm. life. So people would attribute it to that. But as much as I think those are contributing factors to some of the things she said and did... Um, I do think that a large part of this was just that she believed very deeply in the afterlife and she was a super Catholic and ghosts were just part and parcel of life. Mm-hmm. And so there was another with the twins hanging from a chandelier in a certain room, two babies that would like swing on the chandelier, Holy like shit to be silly and fun. Um, so these ghost stories were like always a part of my childhood. And, and, um, another part of that all is that like my, my dad, um, was always considered like the black sheep of the family and they like really had a hard time with him showing him love giving him affection giving him compassion he was a bad teenager so they always thought he was like possessed or like a demon Mm -hmm, got into mm -hmm, him like mm that the devil had influenced him this is exact same with my dad by the way really 100 percent same oh my My italian lebanese family my father was such a bad badly behaved child and teenager he's now like such a good yeah (laughs) adult and like the best child to my grandparents they could ever ask for but growing up he was just so rebellious and so bad that they thought like something had gotten into him right like there's all these possession narratives in religious and i think mediterranean or middle eastern Mm -hmm. families where like 
it, and Catholic. It, let's be and serious. Ca- and Catholic. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's a not Catholic. that we're the only religion right. with that, but Catholicism is very superstitious. Oh yes, and if there is like an ounce of badness in you, there must be like some sort of demon or devil that yes. got in. Yes. And so for us, like it was just part of the narrative growing up that like my dad was bad and that there was a badness following him and this will full circle to what I'm about to tell you guys later but um I I just grew up with all these stories and my mom would say this is nonsense your grandma's crazy Um, my dad uh, told me ghost stories and horror stories growing up all the time but he never said that those stories were wrong or that they were lies he just said like this is what mom believes and that's that um so I was always primed from an early age for this sort of thing, but I never like fully, totally believed it all. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's like the context of my childhood. And then my first ghost story would be nothing to do with my grandmother. We lived in this very old, um, like 200-year-old house, which I actually did research on recently. Like I found the address that we used to live on in Winfield Street in Rahway, New Jersey, this very, very old, crooked, dilapidated house. Um, And one day, my dad and I were sitting downstairs, and now that I think about it, maybe my dad invited this spirit into the house Hmm. because it followed him throughout his ages. Hmm. But we were sitting downstairs in the living room, and I must have been eight or nine, eight maybe, and the bathtub turned on upstairs. Yeah. And my dad ran upstairs, turned it off, came downstairs, and said, that must be a ghost. Now, I'm not sure if my dad even believes that stuff anymore. He also was quite troubled when I was a kid in some ways. Mm -hmm. But I remember hearing the water. Mm -hmm. And the house, I mean, the house was old. Mm -hmm. And there were artifacts in the basement. Like, we found all this buried stuff, like, in the walls, in the dirt, in the soil of the house that hadn't been, like, remodeled. We did, too. Really? I'm about to tell you a very similar thing. Please okay. continue. Okay, I can't yeah. wait to hear it. I'm so excited. So basically, like, all, all that really happened was... So there were just things, like, my bedroom at night, like, the door would, like, move a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, like, there was always an energy in there that felt like we were being watched. It was a very old house, so there's 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 the possibility that, like, energy stayed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, all these, like, weird rooms off of other rooms. Yes. Like, step down rooms where it was just like these tiny little rooms with no windows they were just built on to mm-hmm. other rooms very bizarre and um i just i just remember being really affected by that house and having the sense that i didn't understand everything mm-hmm. so i think that mm-hmm. was my maybe my first real ghost encounter okay yeah tell me yours okay i'm going to tell you one that's um not my ghost story but related to me okay um and so i grew up hearing this story and and thinking I don't know I took it as fact but uh I my parents had me in Mechanicsburg Pennsylvania I was born in the hospital in Harrisburg my my parents lived in this really old farmhouse it was a big farmhouse in Mechanicsburg Pennsylvania and after I was born people would come over to the house and ask my mom what you know where'd that cat come from oh my and my mom was like, we don't have cats. But after my daughter Andrew is born, everybody sees these white cats oh my God. around the house. And I see them too out of the corners of my eye. And after I was born, several people who I grew up with swore that they would see white cats oh running around God. the house all the time. And my mom, there was like, she said there was like something that happened in that house after you were born and you brought this energy in that people saw cats everywhere. And I, as you know, and as if you listen to Astro Lush's know, I'm like a 1000% a cat person. You like are they're a my, cat they're lady. my, yeah. they're my animal Yeah. from day one. 
But apparently after I was born, multiple people came over to the house and thought they would see a cat. And, and that is so wild. And my mom was just like, oh, those after a while, she was just like, yeah, those are the ghost cats. Andy <gasps> brought them. Oh, you like usher them in with your birth. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like good, peaceful, happy cats. They weren't. Nobody was scared of them. No. They were just like, where'd those, where'd that cat come from? And she was like, Wait, yeah, there's, there isn't one. Oh my God. But everybody who came over would like comment on it. And so it's not my ghost story, but it's my part of yours ghost story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, what do you think that means? Like, it's really hard to say. It's like if one person said that, <gasps> if my mom was like, after you're born, I started seeing cats, I'd be like, okay, well maybe I like disrupted something in your brain, yeah, you know, chemically sure. and, sure. you know, and you saw these things but it was the fact that like multiple people saw them and it was only after my birth and they lived there for years and my brother was already born and they already lived there and yeah so i what does it mean i'm not i don't want to i don't want to place any conjecture sure, on it. sure i'm really comfortable with the the mystery around that and also the fact that i just love cats i can i feel like i can communicate with them i I think they were there to sort protect of, you. Maybe. Yeah, and sort of like welcome me. Yeah, like here is your new world, mm-hmm. you sweet little baby girl, and we're here to just make sure you're okay. I think maybe just in this life, I'm surrounded by like yeah. little angel, like angelic ghost kitties. I love kitties. Mm-hmm. Kitties are kitties are. If mm-hmm. listeners, I don't think the listeners know <laughs> how deeply obsessed with the cats we are. We are. So like Lisa really. has a cat, Lolo, <laughs> and he's. A, Born in under cancer, like mm-hmm. in that timeline, and you're a Cancer Moon. Yes, I am, and you have a cat named Lil Hank, mm-hmm. although his name is Enrique Giuseppe. Giuseppe Enrique Hank Tallarico. Giuseppe Enrico Hank Tallarico. <laughs> <laughs> That's only when he's misbehaving. <laughs> His other name was just Hank Williams, but he was born in the Pisces season. In your Pisces moon. And I'm a Pisces moon, so we both have these moon sign cats. And if if you are familiar with the idea of familiars, (gasps) I just reused that word. I was redundant. um, So many redundancies. (laughs) uh, The idea of a cat familiar for a witch is like a tale as old as time, as old as time. And the fact that we both have cats in our moon signs, in like those hidden emotional signs in our charts. Oh my God. You can't tell me that's not meaningful. It's so meaningful. My little, like... And we, we both happened upon them. Yeah. We didn't choose... No. They were I, we literally like, oh, garbage I want a cat. kitties. Yeah, they were like, like street goblins. From, yeah, they were. And they, they, like, you nursed yours back to health. I did, literally. And mine was maybe like six weeks, weeks old when we found him. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So the ghost cats, when I was born, I feel like... They're it's just, just part of your life It's just forever. part and parcel of who I am as a person. Oh, I love it. But that's my earliest ghost story, even though I wasn't necessarily witness to it in a way that I could actually ever feasibly remember. But wow. that's the earliest one. Okay. Okay. So. So ghost stories that we were there for. Yeah. So skipping ahead a little, and this goes back to my dad once again. This is the most unexplainable thing that I think is even more powerful than the water turning on because mm-hmm. I was a young child then. And it could have been anything, and I could have been misremembering. Mm-hmm. This, I remember, with, I could go to court and swear on life, the Bible, and my mother. <laughs> and there's no way that I'm lying. Mm-hmm. It is 100% what I witnessed. I have zero explanation. I was about, must have been 14. And my mom, uh, some stuff happened in my family, and I went to stay with my dad for a summer. And... Um, I'm in my dad's house. It's late at night, 
And um, at this point in my life, I didn't have a very great relationship with my dad. He was sort of like almost estranged, mm-hmm. but he took me in for the summer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. So there was like this under layer of like strangeness. You and I both have a, a story with our dads where like yeah. childhood, a really troubled childhood and teenagehood, and then in adulthood, we got really close with our fathers again. Exactly. But this was during those years in which yeah. you were figuring it all out. Totally up and down, totally turbulent. So, um, yeah, I, I remember it really sticks out in my memory because it was a very specific summer. To and you me. were staying with him. I was yeah. staying with mm-hmm. him in in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, which oh, are considered some like, of the most haunted places yeah, ever. That's like weird New Jersey's capital. Capital. <laughs> like he lived in South Jersey. This is a weird ass place to begin with. And I'm up late at night because I'm a teen. Everyone else is sleeping. It's a small apartment. There's two bedrooms. bedrooms are down the hall along with the bathroom um there's no like wind blowing there's nothing that could make a door slam i'm watching this mtv stuff and being a cool cool kid and then i have there's candles lit there's a cat and the bathroom door slams with a ferocity i don't mean like it shuts i don't mean like ooh the air vent blew and like the door swung i mean slammed like Someone slammed it mm-hmm. insanely. Mm-hmm. And the only people there are like my dad's girlfriend's child, who is little, and my little brother and me. And everyone is sleeping. My dad runs out of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. He's like, What happened? What happened? Are you all right? And I'm all the way to the end of the hall. The cat is standing with its tail hair on end, oh. staring down the length of the uh-huh. hallway. I'm totally freaked out. Yeah. And I, like, run down the hall and, like, jump into the bunk bed and, like, sleep with my brother because I'm so frightened. And Dad's like, what happened? And I was like, the door just slammed. There's no window in the bathroom. Nothing could have caused that. For days and days, I ruminated on it, trying to figure out what could have happened. I was awake. I wasn't dreaming. This Mm -hmm. was a real thing. Fast forward 20 years or whatever the math is, like, a long last time. Fast forward to me, like, two years ago, basically, Mm -hmm. from being a teenager. And I'm at my dad's house in Kentucky. And I say to my dad, do you remember that apartment you lived in in, in, the, in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey? And mm-hmm. I stayed with you that summer. Do you remember that night when the door slammed mm-hmm. and the bathroom, like, it was just really, really scary. And I was freaked out and you were confused. And him and his partner, Ellie, look at me and they go, oh, honey, so many things happened in that bathroom. And I was what? like the hair on my arm uh-huh, stood up on uh-huh. end. And I was like, first of all, I didn't expect you guys to recall this. Mm-hmm. Second of all, is vindicated or whatever the word is, validated. Validated. Validated mm-hmm. over the years. We've been drinking. We've been, we've, been, we've been drinking for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, so, so other thing. They were like, yeah, we always felt like we were watched in mm-hmm. there. Like the blow dryer would turn on in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like the shower would leak. Mm-hmm. The toilet would flush. It just felt like there was this nasty, deep, dark, horrible energy. Yes. Yeah. And so for a long time, I sort of thought this was like what my grandma had forecast, like that there was something sludgy, dark, and evil following my dad. Um, so that's what oh, my, my hair just stood up. Really? Mm-hmm. Like following him, yes. like paranormal activity style through through the years. Um, and it was before my dad truly, like not to give away his life story too much, but before my dad kind of... I'll put it nicely, like, healed from some of his traumas that he was going through and sure. some addiction and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. he wasn't in some way carrying something really dark with him, a lot of pain. Yeah, he was carrying, like, a devil on his back. Literally. And maybe that demon manifested yes. in some sort yes. of strange energy. And I'm not saying I believe that. Right. 
But I'm saying it's interesting to think about. Agreed. And I think that it's important to contextualize energy as something that feeds off trouble. Yes. You know? Yes. Because he was not a happy camper then. I think sometimes houses, when we call them haunted, are haunted by the demons that live in the people in that house. I completely agree. Completely and sometimes agree. I think ghost stories are a little bit more real and physical than we give credit. Yes. Two. I so agree with that. So, okay. That was mine for my teen years. Yeah. What about you? Okay. I have one for my teen years that is... I, I don't tell this because it's so hard to believe. <laughs> I have others that are like, I feel like people can relate to them. I think people could say like, I've had an experience like that. I have this one from my teen years that is like too much, but I'm going to tell it. Okay. And if you think that I'm full of shit, I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the disclaimer. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm very curious. I grew up in this this town in Pennsylvania that was on a river. It was Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania. And um, it, it was like the county seat in this really old, like pre-revolution era uh, town. Um, okay. It, w- it was a big house. It had a lot of rooms in it. Uh, this new girl in eighth grade, so 13 years old, this new girl moves to Tunkhannock from Boston. And she's an Italian girl with witchcraft in her family. And mm. uh, she and I just hit it off. I think like I think maybe like at school they were like, "Hey, you're Italian American. She's the only other Italian American. She's right, new. You're the only one. Can you just like go talk to her?" And we became like instant friends and she was really ghostly and witchy and I was really ghostly and witchy and we just we just really bonded. And she was staying over at my house and sleeping in my bed with me in eighth grade. We're both dead asleep in the middle of the night. And I start having a dream in which there's a man walking above my head like in the room above me back and forth and back and forth and he's trying to talk to me this is the scariest thing i fucking ever he's trying to talk to me through the ceiling into where i'm sleeping and in my dream i am aware that he's up there trying to talk to me and i sit up in bed in the middle of the night in the middle of what i think is a nightmare and i look over emily opens her eyes and sits up next to me i'm not joking no no. this is not made up i'm not saying this for entertainment value i'm saying i wake up and go maybe she heard me and it woke her up but i looked over and she her eyes open and she sits up and we look we're looking at each other and her eyes are gigantic and i was like i'm so sorry i just had this really bad dream and she said i did too and i was like there was this man and she finished i'm getting goosebumps she finished my sentence she said walking above us no fucking way and i said and i feel like he was trying to tell me something and she said i feel like he was trying to call down to us i feel like he saw us in this bed and he was trying to talk to us here's the really here's the part here's the part that no one is ever going to believe i'm on the edge of my seat old house lots of nooks and crannies and weird things cracks in my ceiling it is not a well it is a well put together house but it's old Mm -hmm. We both look up and we see these three spots in the ceiling and they look exactly like footprints. No. And I had never seen them there before. Oh my God. And I just, we were like, you know what? They've always been there. They've yeah. always been there. We just, just been there. we just didn't notice. We, they've always been there. We both just like shared a dream because maybe we have like this, you know, connection and we're sleeping so close together. Right. That's, you know, and we're like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And, like, a month later, I go to the historical society in our town. I think it was, like, part of a field trip thing. 
And uh, we're talking about the Underground Railroad and that uh, Tunkhannock had houses that were situated on the river and that there were like secreted rooms in these houses on the river that kept runaway slaves on their way up north to freedom. My house turned out to be on the path of the Underground Railroad and it turned out that my house had housed runaway slaves going north. Oh my God. And... I was like, that's really interesting. Like, people were hidden in my house to, like, get somewhere else. And I, I was proud of that. I was like, my house has this has this history of, of freedom and of saving people and of hiding people for their lives. And um, outside of all of this, my stepfather decided to, like, start renovating the bedrooms upstairs. And he knocked through these two, like, eaves on the side of the bedroom next to mine. And we found two hidden bedrooms. No. So there were cots in there. There were Civil War uh, no. pieces of uniforms. There was a Civil War Bible. There was Civil War money. Andy. Yeah. There were all these vestiges of what? Civil War, of the Civil War. And so people had definitely, definitely come stayed in this house. And I, I'm, I'm stunned. And I'm just convinced. Why don't I know this about you? Because I don't tell this. Because who the fuck is going to believe this? It sounds crazy. I think it's crazy. I I don't believe in ghosts necessarily at all. But even the fact that you had these remnants in your house. Yes. We had all these remnants. We took them to the historical society. That's what I was going to say. We like, took them there. And we were like, hey. you know, And they were like, oh, your house was part of the Underground Railroad map. I, you know, I had already known that. And... And they were just, you know, they were just like, yeah, people were hidden in your house to oh safety. And I just, I don't know who this person was above us. And I'm not trying to sound um, like an extremely white person right now, but I knew in my dream that the person talking was a black man. Like, I knew it. I saw it. I I, I couldn't see him, his face, like his, like his specific physical expressions, but I knew it was like a black man walking back and forth above my head yeah. in the attic trying to talk to me and tell me something. And Emily saw the same thing. I wonder what they were trying to say to you. I don't know. I don't know. Neither one of us got that Or maybe message. it was like an old like um, communication that you were overhearing yes. from the past. Like, I don't think he was replay. necessarily talking to us. I think, right. it, you yeah. know, maybe he was just doing his ghost thing right. and we witnessed it one time. Wow. I don't know. I don't no, Lisa. That's an incredible history to have lived with. But I am telling you, I was 12 or 13 years old. It has never left me. No. How could it? That's incredible. And I don't talk about it because how do you believe that? No, How do you believe that story? Okay. Well, I mean, you lived on, on, this, on this really important site. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that in itself gives the house an energy mm-hmm. and a story and a legacy. And wow. I mean, that is wow. Mm-hmm. That is truly... Mm-hmm. Did you move from the house? Like We did. Came, wow. So we moved in, and there were like, I don't know, 12, 12 trees, something like that. Like a, an abundance of trees that surrounded our property, and almost all of them fell and died while we were living there. We, like, I left that, I grew, I moved into a house oh surrounded by trees, and I moved out of a house surrounded by tree stumps. There's something about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like the land literally died. Mm-hmm around you and our family was so unhappy it, there was so much fighting right. and addiction and yeah like human living demons in that house you know of the of the addiction sort that I think I don't know the energy in that house was palpable right and my mother and I will still sometimes be like remember how we just lived in a haunted house for like 11 years remember that time that is so wild 
But you're right, though. I do think that there's, like, it's almost like, I'm not blaming it on your family or any family no. or any person, but mm-hmm. I do think, like, the energy of the person, of the experience, of the land kind of all bleeds into itself so when like a family is happy and doing well i think like the house blooms the nature blooms and but I our think family like, wasn't thriving right. we it, weren't thriving that, we were struggling it makes sense as to why like the land around you felt that in some mm-hmm. sort of way because as much as people i mean we're witches like we know it's all connected mm-hmm. we know everything is connected like there's a reason why plants thrive with people who speak to them and mm-hmm. who show love in the environment mm-hmm. and i'm not saying it's anyone's at fault at all i'm saying that like there's an interconnectedness that we can't see or even understand. Yes. Or maybe it was just the time for those trees to die because they'd been witness trees for so long. Maybe they'd been there for so long. Maybe they're all planted in the same yeah. year. And or maybe just... you ushered them into a lovely lullaby sleep. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Here's the other thing is that all those trees fell and they never hurt anyone. They never landed on the cars oh, in the driveway. They yeah. never landed on the house to smash anything. It was They were always like inches away from doing real damage. Right. And it was always hmm. just like, oh shit, like this other huge tree just fell. We better, you know, go take care of this. But it was part and parcel of the energy of that house. I mean, those trees had witnessed the Civil War. Yes, they had. had witnessed yes, they had. these enslaved people coming through and like the times changing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the trees finally had their time to rest. They'd seen everything through to what they could, you know, maybe they witnessed time changing, even though, of course, there's still a long ways to go. But who knows? It's very, very interesting. I started with the... I probably shouldn't have started with the earliest story because the most heavy-hitting story because my others are, like, <laughs> like really cute compared to that. <laughs> I never tell that story. I never tell that story because I don't yeah. want to look like a kook. I don't want to sound crazy. I understand. I don't want to make anybody think that I'm trying to sell them on something. I know. I'm not no. trying to look cool or feel special. I know. And if I didn't have a friend right there saying... She finished my sentences. Yeah, I fully believe you. And I totally understand when you say, I have reservations about telling this because I don't want to sound Because mm-hmm. There's people that I know that are like, oh, yeah, there's a ghost like sitting next to you right now. It's like mm-hmm. totally normal for me to see it. I'm like, I don't fucking believe you. Yeah, bitch. I don't. Like, <laughs> I have a hard time believing 90% of the people who same. say they're mediums are mediums. Same. I'm same, like, same, 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 same. I think that you're a goth. Mm-hmm. I think you like the attention that comes with seeing ghosts. I think you're intuitive, and yeah. I think you're like trying to read some energy on me, and you're trying to make it spooky exactly. to make yourself look really special and exactly. smart. And like, you might pick up on shit. You might like really feel what's going on here, and like you might even be an empath. But I don't really believe that most, if ninety nine percent of those people, can it's actually, performative. It's performative. It's always performative. It's like those. It's those exact people who can walk into a room and go, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's right there. I can see it." I'm like, "Really? You can re- really mm-hmm. like?" But you say this all the time. Yeah. So you're just living in a world where there's ghosts everywhere, and I just I like don't fucking buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking buy it, especially when you're charging me to like tell me information. I just don't buy it. I, I mean, I know that's, like, really cruel, but so it's I totally cruel. understand what you're saying. So I'm telling this with so many grains of salt. It's like a salt shaker. <laughs> it's like a salt mine. It's a cave of salt. <laughs> Please. I, I I'm fully, not trying to sell you guys on I, me being anything special. No. I don't think you come off with that way But all. I'm never going to shake that. But that sounds like the spookiest, weirdest, and most powerful and probably very meaningful thing. Ever. Thank you. <laughs> you said that very much like Alexis Rose. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ew, David. We've okay. been talking a lot about Shit's Creek recently. We're so into it right Every now. time anyone says anything to me, I attribute it to one of those characters. So, childhood stories. What's... Give me another... It's your turn, Lisa. Okay. So, 
I, I have been thinking a little bit about energetic residue and sludge. And so my last apartment, so I'm currently living in Brooklyn. Your last apartment was so fucking haunted. Sorry, oh, sorry, it's sorry. So, no, it's so fucking true. So haunted. Please continue. Yeah, so I lived in this last apartment in Tribeca in Manhattan, which sounds like really fancy. And it was a quite fancy apartment. It was a very, it was a fancy it, apartment. It had a spiral staircase. It did. So I lived with my boyfriend and our roommate. And um, the, I, the first week, or maybe even the first night, I can't remember, but one of the very early days of moving in, I sat up from my sleep having dreamt of a woman with a baby in mm. the closet coming out toward me. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. And it, it felt like something had happened to them. Like, something happened to the mom and the baby. Not anything... Like they were alive, but something like they had been through some trauma or something. And I felt... My room, if you guys can imagine, was... It was a loft apartment, and the room I was in had these recessed windows, so there was no real light that streamed in. Mm -hmm. It was, like, way situated back into the wall, and the light would kind of pour down from the ceiling, but it you couldn't tell if it was raining, couldn't tell if it was sunny. It was always mm -hmm. very dark, and the, the littlest light came in. So the upstairs apartment where we had our bedroom was just very, very dark and, like, created so they can sell more bedrooms basically like yeah. it was put it was constructed in a way that just felt very boxed off and very no flow of energy mm -hmm. like if you're a believer in like energy flowing through a home to keep it fresh and keep it free from like negative spirits mm -hmm. or energy mm -hmm. this was a place where it was stifled mm -hmm. like stagnant stagnant mm -hmm. dead as dead as I could be. And, and in that house, I grew sicker and sicker with, like, anxiety. And I had rashes. And, like, I always felt like I was drinking all the time. Like, I just I just wasn't happy there. So mm -hmm. after this dream, I, I always felt like something was up. Something was just wrong. Mm -hmm. I had a friend come over. My friend Cooper came over at the time and said, this is definitely haunted. I feel <laughs> it. Cooper would know. Cooper would feel it. And you felt it, and other people felt it, and there, there came a day where I released a book, and I did a podcast, and the woman on the phone was a spiritualist, and she stops me in the middle of the podcast recording, and she's like, something's there with you. Yeah. And I thought she meant, like, another person, there was noise. Then we heard static, and the line hmm. went in and out, in and out, in and out, which had never happened before, and she's like, oh, it just wants your attention, like... It's, it's in there. It's with you. I can sense it from here. Mm -hmm. And, of course, part of me was like, she's a kook. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. This is her living. This is what she she's does. She's being sensationalist. Exactly. Right. But after all that I'd experienced, um, I gave it a little bit of thought. And I took a bath one day. I put crystals in the bath, shells in the bath, candles in the bath. And one day, a candle just falls down. There was no way for it to have fallen. I didn't slosh it with water. It didn't. There was no sloped sides. Mm -hmm. Just fell. Mm -hmm. All my shit fell. I ended up getting really annoyed. I got out of the bath. I thought, like, God damn it. This was supposed to be, like, a nice spiritual, like, lovely bath. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm relaxing. Down. I'm supposed yeah. to be turning off. There's wax everywhere. Like, it's a mess. I get out. I pull out one of my, like, vanity drawers to, mm -hmm. like, get a towel or something. And I pull it out too hard. And the back of that drawer was two, like, baby diapers. Just like what I had seen in my dream months prior. With the mother of the baby. So I thought somebody must have lived here with a child. There was some sort of like violent energy that happened. I'm thinking maybe oh. this like a man or some like terrible father. I just kept getting this intuition, this intuitive sense. There's something about the image of a mother and child ghost. They're like escaping something to yes. me. Yes. 
there was very much that feeling. It was just an intuitive feeling. And I wouldn't like, again, like we've been describing to you guys, I wouldn't say that I'm like this big intuitive who can like sense stories from the past. I don't build stories from feelings. Like I just got this feeling and I have no re reason to have it. I just had it. And um, throughout my year, two, my two years of living there, like we, like I, I will just say this without providing too much information. There was a lot of energy in that house that was negative, not necessarily with me and my boyfriend, but other energies in that house of intensity, arguments, other people who would come in and start problems, machismo, mm -hmm. um, heavy drinking, verbal problems, things that just felt weighty and heavy and dark and very masculine and very like man problem oh. centered. Oh, yeah. With this mother and child. Yeah. So I Lisa. feel like there was a heaviness of energy there. There's misery in that house, both in the living mm -hmm. and with the dead or with whatever energy had resided there before. And it was kind of like feeding into the house, the hub, the people who were habitating it us at the time. So we all sort of felt off kilter and like my body felt really tired all the time. And so I think that there was some sort of story, something happened in that space that put people on edge, that made people argue, that made people feel unwell, that sucked literally, literally the light out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so when I look back on the, that time, although we had a lot of fun, a lot of parties, it was actually like underscored with this layer of like really dark filth mm -hmm. of like just nastiness and not goodness and not wellness and just struggle. And so while we lived in this fancy zip code and this fancy apartment and this fun time of our lives where we had a lot of house parties, mm -hmm. it was just constant, constant feeling of negativity. And you'd been there. Like mm -hmm. you sensed. I felt the it. The house felt healthy. You would walk up the spiral staircase. You could face your roommate's room. And it was fine. Yeah. And I would turn for the long hallway that had your room and a closet and a bathroom. And I felt immediately wrong. Immediately. I felt immediately like, like I shouldn't walk that way. Like heavy. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. This apartment's beautiful. I love the people who live here. I stayed at that apartment all the time. Of course. I, I, I cat sat for Lolo in that apartment. Right. It was up the staircase facing that part of the hallway, and I just was overwhelmed with it. Overwhelmed. And when I stayed there alone, I couldn't, I couldn't walk down that part of the hallway. No, you have to like... And I'm not like that. No. I'm not a baby. You I'm not a... You put the lights on to really get yourself down that hallway, because mm -hmm. it was really, truly, like, heavy. And if you... So recently, not recently, many years ago, but I still read this book all the time. It's the Italian Folk Magic book by Mary it. Grace Farron. It's on my bedstand yeah. at all times. All times. It's mm -hmm. like a go-to, go-to. Mm -hmm. Pick a page. It's amazing. And she talks about La Bella Umbr Umbriana, which is the house Shadow? spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like this house spirit that once you let like the light and the fresh air in every day, as much as you can with whatever situation you've got going on in your house kind of cleanses it out and like gets the shadows and gets the sludge out mm -hmm. but this house there was no way for air ventilation you couldn't yeah. reach the windows yeah. you couldn't reach the light mm -hmm. so it just always sat stagnant. there stagnant it stayed it's yeah. stuck it's stuck and it's stuck on the people which mm -hmm. was us and you know i mean i won't i won't divulge any more details but there was just a lot of shit in that mm -hmm. house mm -hmm. and it was never very good and leaving i mean my life brightened up which is wild <laughs> And so telling about how space affects us. So that's my like more recent story. 
I would love to hear anything. I'm going to do one more. I have so many. I it's know, hard for me to choose. It's hard for me to choose. Them all. Oh, there's too many. There's like the one time I was making love with a boyfriend uh, in the past and I heard a tinkling of a fucking toy piano and I stopped and I was like, what is that? And he said, you can hear that. Oh my God. He said, it happens all the time. Oh my God. A toy piano. And I, he's like, I never talk about it because I don't want to freak anybody out. He's like, you hear that? And I was like, yeah, it's coming from right in like the room next door to us. There's a piano playing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Oh no! I don't like the sound. I don't like the phrase "tinkling of a toy piano" is a terrible phrase. His, you know, there was a toy piano in his daughter's room, but it wasn't electronic. Oh my god! And his daughter wasn't home. And why would it be tinkling yeah. at that hour? And it, it was like playing like a, a bizarre melody, and I heard it, and I stopped, and I was like, "What is happening right now?" And he was, he was stunned by the fact that I could hear it too. Oh my god! So he'd been like living with yeah, this he'd been living with it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And he was like, no one has ever, ever commented on it. And I thought I was just crazy. And What hour of things. the night was this? It was in the middle of the night. We were okay. making love at like one in the morning right. or whatever So why it was. would anyone else be up playing with the No one's in the house. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, that's a brief one. I'm going to tell a, a, a more in-depth one. So uh, when I was living in Scranton, I, you know, had a bookstore. And my bookstore was in, uh, a, it was... Scranton used to have this really famous hotel called the Casey Hotel that like Frank Sinatra stayed in and JFK came and stayed in. And there was a building behind it that was the laundry facility. And it was like five floors of just like cleaning and laundry facilities. Casey Hotel got torn down, you know, because Scranton hard on on, uh, hard times just couldn't afford this big building. But the laundry building stayed and it was empty for years. And then uh, this this businessman came and like renovated the entire building and he had half the first floor, which was like a, like an uh, art frame store. And on the other half was like a cafe and a boutique. And I took as the bookstore, the entire second floor. Wow. What a history. And so, you know, I'm moving into the space and uh, I'm like building the bookstore from scratch. And like, I bought all the bookshelves and built them myself and like had friends come over and help me build all these shelves. And one day, like we, we were doing all that and they'd all gone home and all the doors were locked in the building and it was after hours. And I stayed to like paint these bookshelves and it was just me, just me painting, hammering, doing this physical labor, dark outside. No one is around. I'm not listening to music. It's silent and clear as a bell, clear as a bell, I hear a voice that is not a voice I've ever heard in my life say, Andrea? And I thought somebody like got in. I thought somebody like came in and I I was like, yeah, hi, what? What the hell, you're scaring me. Yeah, Like who's here? after hours, like why are you even here? Nothing. And so I was like, okay, all right, okay. I scared myself. I'm like obviously getting like freaked out. I'm not in my right mind. I'm just gonna finish painting this shelf. I'm gonna go home. And I keep painting, and I'm telling you, like, a minute later, Andrea, and then giggling. No. Giggling. And I was like, what? What's happening? And so I put down my paintbrush, just calmly, and I, like, backed off this of my bookshelf. This is so scary. And I just said out loud, I was like, okay, somebody's here. Somebody's here. You know my name. Thank you. Hi. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. You, you scared me. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm done. And I left. I would, too. And I, I came into the building the next day and I was talking to the people at the art framing business and I was like, oh, it's so weird. Like, I kind of freaked out and felt like, like, like a, I don't know, like haunted or something upstairs laughing about it. 
And the woman who worked in the art framing business was like, Andrea, when we were opening in this building, so their art framing, art framing business, so they had like, have you ever been to one? They have like little samples of all the frames, yeah. like sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, going up the wall. So they had like, they had like huge Velcro patches of like, you know, frame samples. And she, she was like, we would put like these hundreds of frame samples up go home for the night when we were first opening, come back in the next morning and they would be all over the floor. No fucking way. And she's like, okay, it sounds like maybe the Velcro is broken. Yeah. We had, they had sensors. They had like, you know, uh, like anti-theft sensors that were based on movement. Oh my God. They never went off. Oh wow. She was like, there was a handful of times, there were a handful of times in our opening weeks when I would just come in and there would just be frame pieces everywhere it sounds like this little ghost in there was like spooking you guys because you were new yes like testing you and so i started like reading about the history of the laundry building and okay so everybody knows about the triangle you know uh shirt waist yes exactly yeah shirt waist factory fire in um in new york and so you know the laundry fire happened and all these poor girls were you know jumping to their deaths but here's the thing that was a huge tragedy (sighs) not downplaying that but those laundry fires happened all over the country, just in smaller numbers. Right. And without people jumping to their desks. But laundry fires were very common oh. in that era because the, the machines that, you know, did laundry were not safe. And so oh God. there had been like a laundry fire in this laundry building and several young people had died. Not a tremendous amount. Nobody right. jumping to their desks in this dramatic way that had happened in New York, but like a handful of kids of child labor kids had died in this building and people would come in who felt like they were mediums or ghosts and they just always felt the need to tell me like do you know that you have ghosts in this building and I was like oh I I hear that I guess you know I get it here's the long part of the story are you ready can I tell a bit of a long story I'm I'm like riveted so I'm working (laughs) in my bookstore I haven't had an experience since I heard my name I had said out loud to whatever was there like Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah. You are welcome here too. Which is a nice thing to do. I you think. were here first. You know, just please don't like scare the shit out of me because I'm like okay with whatever you are being with whatever I am. Can you just like not? Don't be scary. Don't be scary. I never had a problem. Aww. I never had a problem. I heard yeah. that that one thing happened. I wrote it off. I was like imagination. Yeah. Running away with me. Getting scared. Whatever. Yeah. Like a year or two later, um, I left work and I'm not... Okay, there was a homeless man who was, like, wandering around all of a sudden, very new in in Scranton. I'm not um, giving shit to unhoused people and saying that there's anything wrong with them. But I pulled up to, like, an ATM window in downtown Scranton with my window down, and this man came staggering over and tried to, like, get in my car with me. And that's not something that happens there. And I, like, went and told everybody about it. I was like, I don't feel safe. There's, like, somebody that, like, came after me in my car. And I'm scared. And the next day I'm back at the bookstore and that guy comes upstairs and I'm alone on the second floor of my bookstore oh, no. with this man who had just tried to like assault me in my car the night before. And I'm terrified. Oh no. And I called my friend Piv, who's like this big Russian dude. We call him <laughs> Piv because his name is John Pivovarnik. And he's like, he's a big, <laughs> he's a big gay witch. Yeah. And he worked in the building next door. And okay. I was like, Piv, I'm really scared. No one else is here. Can you just come over? Like, I don't know what to do with this person. I don't think he's going to hurt me, but like, I don't understand. I, I just don't. I don't yeah, want to be course, alone right course. now. No, it's very fair. So he came up just to like be there. Cause Good. Big guy. Good. Six, Love four, it. you yes. know, like mountain of a... Love it. A man. Yeah. 
comes over to just sort of like make sure things are kosher. I love that. My bookstore is two, it's two parts of this building that are separated by a door that's been opened. This man, this homeless man, I'm not saying it because he's homeless. I'm saying it because he was like filthy dirty and he had problems. I'm not, I'm, it's not about him being poor or unhoused at all. He tries to walk through to the second part of the store and he can't. I'm telling you, he was like physically bouncing back like he was being blocked by something. What? And Piv was like, are you seeing this happen right now? And I looked over and I was like, why? He's like It's like a vampire at a threshold. Yeah. And he said, the ghosts that live on the other side of this partition will not let him through because they know he's not safe. And they're protecting you. No. And he said. Piv said that. He's, yeah. Piv said that. He was like, I see like two boys. They're like teenage boys, like prepubescent boys who live on that side and they like you and they like your bookstore and they want you to be here and they don't trust this person and they're not allowing him in. And I'm telling you, that guy turned around and stumbled down the stairs and I never saw him again in my life. No fucking way. Call Piv, ask him. That's wild. He will attest. He's the one who pointed it out to me and I watched it happen. Oh my God. Andy, this is crazy. (laughs) This is, this is, I'm so glad we're talking about this today. Like, we decided, because it's Scorpio season, just to sit here and tell each other ghost stories, and I am truly, like, I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't tell these things. I don't I, I It's don't hard. It's hard, them. right? Because, I mean, like, when does anyone get a chance to talk about ghosts? And also, you're right. Like, people are like, are you sure this is the truth? But, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you. We're very, very close. I know I'm that not trying to impress you. I know that you're not. I know. Like, As a matter of fact, I'm just, like, waiting for everybody to write in and be like, okay, so Andrea is schizophrenic. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> she, I mean, you she have this so hard. I mean, all the, the people have stories. Like not making fun of schizophrenia. I know, not making I, fun I know, of schizophrenia. I know, I know, not. I know you're not. Not. Sorry, that was that was insensitive. It's okay. We 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 try to be careful with our language here. We are trying to recognize. But we're also always drunk. <laughs> when we record this when we're drunk, we try to be sensitive. We try our best to. Um, be aware of our biases and the things that we say. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm getting over, I'm so getting much. over the flu. You're get, you are getting over the flu. Um, All right, I want you to tell another story. Okay, so my last story that I mean, I'm sure there's more, but this is my last one that I have for for recent times. Went to New Orleans for my birthday. Sorry, mm-hmm. <coughs> you poor thing. Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Take a sip of water. Lisa's sipping water. She's getting up with the flu. Please forgive her. <coughs> um, went New Orleans, to, your yep, birthday this went year. Went to New Orleans for my birthday this year on Halloween weekend. We stay in our Airbnb and everyone has gone to take a nap. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone's just sleeping. And so I'm in the bathroom. You just flown in, right? So everybody's like exhausted. Yeah, everyone's tired. You got it. Like an early morning flight, you got there, everybody's exhausted, everybody goes to nap. 7 a.m. flight, so everyone's totally tired. Um, Bonnie hadn't arrived yet, Nerissa's in bed sleeping in a loft, which would require her to walk all the way downstairs to come to the bathroom to bother me. And Ben is sleeping as well in another room, so he... (coughs) I'm sorry. (coughs) You poor thing. (coughs) Wow. So I'm in the bathtub taking a bath by myself, and the latch is like... (coughs) Um, like a metal latch and Mm -hmm. it's like coming undone. It's like one of those big like iron latches. Huge iron latch. (coughs) Door is wooden and I see the latch move and the door come in and out, in and out, in and out. Everybody's asleep. Everyone's asleep. It's dead silent. I'm in there on purpose 
having a nice, beautiful private jet bath, and it's wonderful. And the door is shaking, the latch is moving, and I scream, hey babe, are you trying to get in here to pee? <laughs> and I don't hear any response. <laughs> and then I say, babe, and he's like, I'm not trying to get in, babe. <coughs> I, he, he was sleeping. Yeah. So then I ask Narissa, I like peep out, no one's there. Next day, Airbnb host comes over, she's just mingling with us to say hi. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, the Genovese family used to live here. I bought it from them. It's Wait, like mis- the crime family? It's <coughs> a different Genovese family. It's but not the mafia Genovese. She did say <coughs> they were in the mafia. Mm-hmm. Sorry about this. It's I, not your fault that you are coughing because you're sick. People. Sorry about that, folks. Had to take a break for a cough drop. <laughs> oh, um, you're so getting over. You're getting over, like, the biggest sickness. Yeah. Your ghost story. So, yeah, I'm in this bathtub. The latch is opening, the door is opening, and I'm, it's totally silent. I confirmed that no one was trying to get into pee. We did have a second bathroom, so I don't know why would anyone would want to bother me while I'm Truly. taking a jet bath mm-hmm. by myself. And so the lady who owns the Airbnb comes over, and she says the Genovese family is the family that owned it since 1911. She bought it off of them many years ago, like maybe eight years ago. Not the Genovese big mafia family, but she did say they were in the mafia. Mm -hmm. And she said that it was a deli. They made cold cuts and sold it to the rest of the community who they'd gotten in with. And people would do sort of backdoor deals there. Like there was a special window that people would come to for mafia business. Were you being haunted by the gabagools? I I was literally (laughs) being haunted by the gabagools. I'm no allowed one, to say that. Yeah, we're allowed to say this. <laughs> You're not. No one else is. Um, <laughs> exactly. We can say God cool. So I say, like, did any, you know, no one else. Like, Ben didn't experience it. My two friends didn't experience it. And the lady goes, oh, well, the ghost, Mr. Genovese, he's such a huge flirt. He loves, like, girls. He loves pretty girls. He was flirting with girls. And I just thought to myself, this is so telling. I'm naked in a bathtub, uh-huh. all alone. Yes. This guy's, like, probably trying to get in and open the door. Totally vulnerable. And she's like, well, are you Italian? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm part Sicilian and Italian. And she's like, well, there you go. That's it. Like, that's your answer. He wanted to. Okay, so did Narissa or Bonnie? Nobody. And they're not Italian. I know they're not. That's why I was asking. Yeah. And I think he was just like, this is my little Guido naked. Little Guido bitch. Little naked Guido bitch. Like, <laughs> let me flirt with her. And I sensed him <laughs> the Make her time. my wife. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Don't make me laugh. I'll cough. So that was just a really, you know, New Orleans on Halloween in this mafia haunted apartment. This is Senor Genovese. And Genovese. <laughs> Uh, oh my god and the craziest thing i didn't even mention this to you ever or anyone um i think narissa or it was bonnie who was shout out to bonnie who listens to this she's a pisces by the way pisces Pisces so bonnie's up with me one morning and i'm using my italian vera sabila deck it's like Mm -hmm. an oracle deck Mm -hmm. like full of cranky old italian spirits oh it's always like like, you're being robbed yeah somebody's lying to you you're an asshole it's the most (laughs) negative card deck but it is is it not is it not is it not like every single older italian person that you've ever met constantly constantly yeah so sorry we had a visitor walk through the room and maybe it was not a living one (laughs) An Italian pervert ghost. (laughs) 
Or it was a... A Brazilian. A living human boyfriend. A regular human... What was it? A regular human bartender. <laughs> Jackie Daytona. <laughs> so, um, I'm pulling my Vera Sibila Oracle deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the card for um, house pops up. And then the card for old man, like an old <gasps> widower, pops up. Oh. And I was just like, Bonnie, are you looking at... She's sitting there. Like, I have witness to this. Like, it is an old house. It is a dead old guy. I think he's trying to come through these cards and saying, yeah, I'm here. This is my fucking house. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Here I am. Hey, so, Lisa. as much as I'm... Saw your boobs. S- saw your boobs in the shower. <laughs> and... And so... Sorry for the noises. Um, and so, uh, that I think that was, like, really... Him showing old, up through these old cards. Genovese. Old Genovese. And I, 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 um, I don't know if I believe. Like, it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. But it is New Orleans. It is Halloween weekend. I am particularly sensitive to the unknown. Indeed. I'm Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm a Guido up in this house. <laughs> up in here. <laughs> <laughs> we got some Guidos up in here. <laughs> Sorry. She's going to start don't coughing. Make I can't be laugh. funny. No. No I'm funny. being very serious. There very... are no Guidos up in here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was. You can't look me dead in my eyes and say, there are no Guidos up in here. That is the fucking funniest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> there are no Guidos up in here. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Breathe. Okay. Breathe. We've done this. You poor thing. I have so many, I have so many other stories, but I'm not, I'm not doing it right now. We can always do a part two. We can always do a part two, three, four, five. Yes. Uh, there's much spoopy season some, left. We're some ghostly Guido bitches. Yes, we are. Up in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Scorpio season. It it's is. spoopy season. So, speaking of Scorpio season, spoopy and Guidos and everything. Mm-hmm. What is the ritual that you and I like to do when we are trying to remove negative, let's say, I mean, not haunted, but negative, dark energy, if we're trying to remove it? Okay, there are several, because this is what Italians deal in. Yes. This is what Italians fucking do in their magic, is like, you try to talk to me about your bullshit, and you put it on me. (laughs) Every spell is like, how to get... Other people's bullshit off of you. Literally, like, wash a baby in red wine to make it stop giving you, like, having a bad mouth. Absolutely. Like, talking you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, a lot of Italian magic is defensive, and I really like that about it. It's of a very, it's, so, I feel like Sicily, as a country, is a Scorpio. Very much so. And it does need to be defensive, mm-hmm. as it was conquered the most. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so, the Italian magic that I practice that has to do with these things is always very defensive. Uh, you and I... Um, first of all, okay, let's go back, 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 back to the beginning. Uh, let's talk about the fact that my great, great grandmother, Maria Mancuso, Mancuso, which means Mancuso is, uh, the Sicilian dialect for Cusimano, which Mm. is a very, uh, like popular mainland Italian, uh, surname. Mancuso means left-handed. It means sinister, sinister, left-handed in, (laughs) in history tends to mean which mm. left-handed path is left like, is never good left is always the devil left is right. always witches left is always you know the evil side mancuso means bad-handed or left-handed mm. um uh she 
apparently in, in, in the place that she lived in Sicily and then brought to America when she moved here, her, like, her thing was to remove uh, hexes. She was an anti-hexer. She took the malocchio, the bad eye, the evil eye, off of people. And so you and I mm. both like come from this world. Yes. We come from the same place. Yes. And the malocchio, how is it put on people? Let's talk about this. Well, the Malocchio is like, if you think about, a lot of cultures have the concept of the evil eye. Yeah. They call different things in different places. But the evil eye means different things in different places. Yeah. For us, the Malocchio is like, the evil eye comes from people who are jealous or mm -hmm. thinking negative thoughts about you. Maybe they're not directing it at you, but they just had the thought. If somebody looks at you and thinks too much about like what you have and they don't, mm -hmm. they can put the Malocchio on you. Yeah. It's... It is, it's very indicative of Italian culture because mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of struggle to like, you know, keep one's own and to like ensure that you have enough for your family. And so there's a lot of that, like protectiveness, a lot of protectiveness. And, um, so the Malocchio is like, it gets on, it's like this like energetic residue that gets on you yes. from others, which I love. Because I don't think that people, like, hex you all the time just no. because they're trying to, like, fuck with you. It could be, like, an evil, nasty friend who just, like, thinks nasty shit about you. And don't you feel bad energy on you? Yeah. Don't you ever feel like you come home and you're like, why am I being so negative? Why does everything feel so terrible to me today? Yeah. And you're like, I just have this shit on me. Exactly. I just have this, like, like, like this stuff. A sheen of darkness. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the Malocchio. And yeah. so I believe, I believe that energy is transferred without it being meaning, like without meaning. It just exactly. happens sometimes. Like that's the biggest thing about the Malocchio is non, it's not intentionally directed. And which is intentionally direct energy. Right. That's the difference. Right. Exactly. You know, which is try to control exactly. where that energy goes. And the Malocchio can happen either purposefully or completely accidentally. Right. But taking it off is a real part of Italian folk magic, mm -hmm. and it's a thing that really resonates with me. Yeah. It definitely resonates with me, too. And if you don't have any understanding what Italian folk magic is, you might hear people talk about stregoria, mm -hmm. and that's, like, in large part, like, Raven Grimasi's work, like, explores stregoria as it relates to, like, a lot of the more Wiccan practices. But a lot of Italian magic is based in like folk magic. It's yes. more shamanic. And so it's like rooted in both Catholicism yes. and just like mundane practice. I was going to say that a lot of it is like completely accepting of Catholicism, Catholic rule, uh, all of, all of those like, um, behaviors and belief systems, but it's infused yeah. with this older, we call it superstition, which I find really condescending. Yeah, it is. I think superstition is like a really condescending word for folk belief. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and, and so like within Italian, we call, sometimes it's called stregoria. That's not really, that's not really it. But it, it like became a term. That yeah. People use. But it's something, yeah. it's something more and yeah. something other and something also. Exactly. It's yeah. not, not that, but it's also more. Right. But I think like a huge part of that is, um, dealing with what you can in the real world by calling on the supernatural. Yes. That's a really simplistic way to put it. No, I think it's perfect. But it, <sighs> but it pretty much is that. Yeah. And so, like, taking the malocchio off is just saying, like, okay, this energy got put on you, not your fault, maybe not even the person's fault who put it there. Right. And so, in taking it off of you, we're not blaming where it came from. We're not taking it back to the source. No. And we're not, we're, we're not <clears throat> avenging no. what happened to you. We're just just removing. We're removing and replacing yeah. with positive energy. Yeah, and I love it. Is that not the, the like the most human way that you can 
encounter someone else's pain. Yeah, I think it's like, it's perfect. There's a place and a time for sending it back. And of course, like if, you know, a lot of, a lot of people subscribe to that belief, like send it back times three or whatever. But this is just, let me get fucking rid of this. Get it out of my house, get out of my body, get out of my hair, get out of my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I'm going to repeat something that we said in our previous Scorpio episode, that the opposite of trauma is not healing. The opposite of trauma is power. And that's what anti-hexing and taking off the malocchio is is here for. That's like what it represents. That's what it stands for. Is that like I'm not just healing yeah. the bad thing that is on you. That's not the point. I'm taking it away from you so that you are empowered to walk away from it. So that you are empowered with goodness and that you feel so okay in yourself that you you have the power. Yeah. To take it away, to take it off of you, and to not have to retaliate. Right. Although there's a bunch of retaliatory magic in Italian folk magic as well. That's like 90% of Italian (laughs) magic, but anti-hexing is not that. No, it's not that. It's not that. This is just, this is, Malocchio removal is just a beautiful, powerful, really energetically cleansing practice that like I think anyone would do good to do whatever version of it you have in your culture like once a week really Mm -hmm. like spiritual maintenance so let's talk about some things that can do that without you know talking about like the deepest rituals in the moments of Malocchio what are things that we can do to cleanse our spaces to cleanse our energies and to empower ourselves against those forces that would have us disbelieve ourselves doubt ourselves feel shitty about ourselves right i mean so mean us the literal practices you mean mm-hmm. like so i think like this malocchio in, entails like using olive oil and water to diagnose and just throw away the bad energy that's but, the big ritual oh okay, okay what are like the living practices oh living Liv- like living practices yes. yeah, yeah yeah sure I mean, I, lo- I love, 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 love every day opening the windows, letting light in, and lighting a candle. Yes. I think yes. that's like the yes. biggest and most... And also, big, big proponent of keeping my space clean. Yes. That is just living ritual, living magic. Daily functional yes. living magic. Yes. The sacred and the mundane. Yeah. And, and, and in your living space, yeah. creating harmony and creating power and cleanliness is staving off those bad forces oh is it i mean when you open the window you're moving the air through your house yeah you're literally creating movement and change yeah you're allowing new energy in and sweeping old energy out it is so powerful. all of italian magic is about that i know it's just like the domestic mm-hmm. the, the, i mean i'm sure a lot of cultures share that the domestic is just such a powerful thing because once energy gets stagnant that's when it can become, it can change, it can alchemize into something really dark. And if you have, like, if you sense that you have, like, a spirit in your home, whether that spirit is literal or, like, just metaphoric or your family's going through some shit, like, mm-hmm. keeping your home mm-hmm. clean and tidy and, like, I'm not saying in some perfect, amazing way that is no, unattainable. Just it's not the about basics. That. It's not about, like, uh, perfection. No, it's no. not. We're not talking about, like, Martha Stewart. No. We're talking about... Fresh. Freshness. Yeah. Um... Uh, moving the energy through your house is, yeah. I think, like the most important thing you can do to keep yourself healthy and well. I really believe that. I agree. Sound. Mm-hmm. I think sound bathing, bathing your house with bells or music, loud clapping, like that Incense, moves the energy. Incense. The air. The air. Moving the air through. Taking, you know, like a beautiful smelling smoke through your house mm. is cleansing the air, changing 
the molecules of the air around you. Yeah. Oh, and opening the window so it has the movement to get out too. I love it. I also think writing a letter to whatever is inhabiting your home mm. is like a nice practice that you can do. Um, I'm sure there's like demonologists and spiritualists out there who would say never converse with whatever you think I don't is there. That. I think confront everything that confronts you. I agree with you. I'm like I don't I don't know. I just I don't I don't believe that. If you can't speak to them, they have power of you. Right. I would like mm-hmm. to converse. I'd like to say like whatever it is. I'm not trying to harm you. I just need you to know that we. We both need to have our boundaries. Water magic. Mm. So I make lunar water. I make moon water. Yeah. I'm sure you do the same thing. I love I love it. It's my favorite. Moon water is everything. Yeah. Like full moon, I put out a cup of water, and then I use that water for the length of that month to cleanse, to bless, to ask for things, to accept things. I sprinkle that water all throughout, and then I pour it out at the end of the month, and then I renew it and charge it on the full moon. Full I love moon. that. I love it. I think it's like the most perfect practice. You could put it in your mop water. Yes. Put it in your bathtub. Yep. You do anything. You can put it to wash your face and do glamour magic. Moon water is everything. It's so everything. Um, Salt. I think salt is a great little sprinkle all around the room. Mm -hmm. Put it in in the corners of each room like every once in a while. You could... Put it around your room and then like um, sweep or vacuum your your floors and like mm-hmm. kind of the salt takes all the shit out and mm-hmm. you kind of vacuum it out of your house. Like that's salt cleanses the grounds. If you're feeling really unstable in yourself, take a salt bath. Yeah, it Perfect. immediately puts you back in touch with your your physical body. So air incense to me, um, which is also fire a little bit. Water like the moon water, uh, earth the like salt sweeping. But also fire. Lighting a candle changes the air. It changes the atmosphere. Oh, it completely changes the mm-hmm. atmosphere. I love to think of candles almost as like a uh, a light for whatever entity is trapped in darkness. It's like I light it and I think, like, this is lit for my grandma who can protect me from afar. Or like, this is lit for anything struggling to be seen. Whether it's like whatever's inside of me or something else. I just, it's a nice way of communing, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. So, so rituals, ghosts, <laughs> ghost stories, magic, <laughs> Italian folklore. <laughs> That's who we are. Will you write into us? Will you tell us your ghost stories? Because we really want to hear them. We would love to hear all of it. We would love to hear any sort of um, rituals that you have to keep your space protected and or to welcome any spirits that you do want to converse with. And bring in. Absolutely. We'd love to hear and... We hope that you enjoyed our very weird, random extra episode this season. Scorpio season. What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Good night. And um, I I hope the ghosts don't come out to spook you too too badly tonight. (laughs) All right. Enjoy your evenings, folks. Goodbye.